Welcome to Into the Mirror, your top podcast for healings, transformations, and badass awakenings. My name is Alexander, and this is Brody, and we'll be your hosts today. We are on season four, episode three, and we're going to talk about something, the monsters under the bed, and um, learning about fear and anxiety and things that we call monsters under the bed. The reason we use that, and everyone knows about the childhood fear of monsters under the bed, but... Um, I think of the movie Sixth Sense. If everyone's seen it, there's a scene where there's this the kid, he sees ghosts. He's a kid and he's terrified that he's seeing he doesn't know what he's seeing and stuff. But so in the middle of the night, um, he wakes up and he gets off his bed and a ghost that he doesn't grabs his foot. Like it's it's a startling scene. It ends up not being as scary because the girl needs help. It's it, but it startled me my whole life. No joke, my whole life, just until even two weeks ago, I got off my bed when I was half asleep and stuff, and I literally got afraid that something's going to grab my foot. Like, I, I, I know it's an illusion. I know it's not real to this world, but I still, in a beingness, I feel it as, as if it's real, where I kind of jump over the, off the bed. I'm, I'm still responding as if there's truly a monster under the bed when I know there's not. So the reason... Why is that? And that's what we want to discuss because today has had a lot of frustration for me, just energy, just everywhere I f effing go. And um, Brody, I do want to check in with you and start from there. What are you, how are you and how are your monsters under the bed? I'm really good. That's a funny and awesome analogy that you're bringing up. Like I see dead people is what he said. <laughs> but, but Terrifying. I, it's horrifying, right? Or if somebody like had knocked on my door or like at night or I hear a noise at night yeah. and I get up, but like when I get up and I flash the light towards that, it suddenly doesn't become so scary anymore. Yeah. Like when I turn on all the lights yeah, and you know, pitch black can do the same thing. Everyone, like when you're in the mid, like real dark and you don't, you can't even see in front of you. It's you anticipate things that aren't there and then you misread it, things that are there as wrong things, you know, you like, knocks at the door and for your neighbor become violent predators trying to get in your house and right and that's the same thing right with our so to speak monsters under our bed like the emotions that Whatever we kind we of run away from a lot of times they're not quite as scary once you turn the light on them and yeah. once you shine the spotlight on where did that emotion come from right I think if i'm being really honest i I feel this way with fear. I felt it all year at different times. I, at night with the light off, I forgot about that. I would, this past year, when I'm usually after a more stressed day, and this is where I started paying attention, where I was more worn out, more stressed. I, at the end of the day, at night, when the lights were off, I slept, literally slept with a little night light since, I mean, out of prison, really, because that pitch dark freaked me out. And because of where I'd been, I think the hypervigilance, I would, I can't even meditate. I couldn't even meditate with a face mask for a while because I would think someone's going to come in my room and beat me up or fight me. And that sounds so weird that I really did think that way. Like, really was, you know, you know because of where I've been and violence and fear, it's okay to, to respect that my, I'm trying to protect myself. And, um, but it's an illusion and it's actually preventing me from any help because I'm too afraid to even put a mask on. I can't test that that's a fake belief. Like, so 
Right. And then the idea, right, the the true idea that I've learned is everybody has fear. Everybody feels fear. Nobody's fearless. It's just having the courage to stand up to that fear when it becomes the case. Like that we are, everybody has fear and nobody, anybody that says they're fearless, they're a liar. Yeah, no, fear is part of, and for me, it, learning to distinguish between emotions and what fear is and what frustration is and what anger and how they all are meant to serve you. They all are supporting you, even anger. Like today, you know, I've, I, what I've had is just the overlying frustration. Like I have this extra energy, which is good, but without it being focused and balanced, it can go sideways on me, if that makes sense. Like I'm a motor with too much power. You ever watch an engine go, like cars <laughs> without good traction, they spin out, they get what's called torque steer, where they go right when they want to go straight. It's a, it's very much similar to what I'm experiencing in my world and learning to slow it down. And I know I'm energetic always, and I'm not being like a boring person, but as the world speeds up, I slow down. And that is the trick of this reality, right? And what does that mean is go inward. As the chaos gets more crazy, I have to go inward. So monsters under the bed. What do you think is a fear? I'll put you on the spot here. So yeah. Like that you fear that is a monster under the bed for you that you know isn't real, but it still makes you feel anxiety every mm-hmm. day or uh, yeah. not every day. But I would say I have the fear of AI. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, you do, don't you? I'm not laughing. Like, not. yeah, yeah. I mean, non-judgmentally, and it, it doesn't it, it doesn't yeah. scare me anywhere where it used to. Like the fear of the world speeding up so quickly yeah. that I will be put in a bad place or some lie that I tell myself. Well, it's um, like AI. So yeah, so I, I fear I fear like what that creation can become. But it, but and then that's just me being honest. I don't, no, and I, right. like it's I said, I don't fear it. It's, a it's no longer experience. like it's, it's a monster I'm willing to face. It, well, I'm just wondering if we'll be censored because you said that, but we'll see. Because, like, no joke, that's funny. We brought this up last time and yeah, it censored us. So, whatever it's thinking, and it's funny because that's your very fear of AI keeping a, but it is scary if you think of, artificial intelligence in the way they perceive it if we give all these nerds and accountants and lawyers the ability to direct the emotional level of like these computer technology what i mean is their virtues become the ai's virtues see what i mean it's a reflection of you so like yes if they start reflecting their bullshit on us more that is scary because look what they've done for thousands of years like but instead they make it like it's a Hitler or a Stalin or some or Putin now, like he's the worst. F this. Truth is, AI would be awesome if programmed by people that feel awesome because if it was programmed by love, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if it's programmed by these people that don't even know what they are or where they come from, you are going to see those very questions and fear built into their algorithm. So, and I mean this, they don't. It's so cool to understand how reality does this like we put ourselves into everything everywhere everything we do and go and be you know so fear of ai though you know what's the likelihood of that just logically break it down it's like it's it's there's nothing threatening whatsoever about it. if anything it, it's going to make my life awesome and easy and yeah. beautiful more beautiful i'll have more time to do more of the things that i really love but if when I look at it from a perspective, so 
just fears in general. I, I want people to think about what do you really fear and is that fear valid or are you just giving power to that fear? Well, they've really there and who knows, maybe it's uh, a prophecy or not. But so in that in that Christian book of Revelation, they talk about this one mind and this is where AI and this anti it all bleeds together is what I'm saying. People's fears have entangled. Well, it talks in that book that in the in the world, there'll be a single mind. The three people that act from one mind, a single consciousness, and they will be the evil ones. So I could see where they start putting those old books on these new things. And, you know, they make their fear appear wherever it needs to be, is what I'm saying. Like, our, we make up self-fulfilling prophecies. Like, we oh, yeah. create our own fears. We create our, it's, those things may or may not be going to happen. I don't know. And I'm not going to worry about it because I can't control that stuff. But what I can control is my inner response to these ideas. And I found that thorough investigation of fear is what's necessary. So when you're afraid of AI, the trick is to learn about what it really is, to learn about it and like to learn what it isn't. Sentience, like you and I, recognition of us being this, we're never going to be able to prove that this AI actually becomes sentient because we'd have to become it to know that it's self-aware. All it can tell us is that it's aware. That's all. The only I am aware. And you're like, how can you prove it? And that's the computer logic. You can't. So um, like what I'm saying is that I've meditated on this a lot. So um, but investigating. Yeah, knowledge. Knowledge is potential power if you apply it right. Because yeah. so, the, the thing with fear, um, I've there's been a lot of things I prophesized in my mind that not ninety nine percent of it didn't come true. And one example was going to jail. I talked to Alexander before I had to go in. He and he said it's not going to be dangerous. It's not going to be bad. And I said dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to die in there. I'm going to have a seizure. I'm going to yeah. like the worst, the worst case scenario of my mind. Yeah. And none of that fucking happened. No, um, and that, that that's though. usually the case. Nine, 99% of the time. So mountains out of molehills, well, another mm -hmm. colloquial state that makes sense, right? I do this. That's that hypervigilance. And once you've been in a life, whether you, got to like jail or prison or addiction or the hospitalized to you with however you got there doesn't matter it's still trauma and people don't understand that like just because someone deserves by your definition to go to a place that's traumatic doesn't make it being traumatic okay so it's a fearful place and if i told you it wasn't dangerous i was lying because it totally is dangerous in those places but that doesn't mean that you're in total danger, I guess is what I... Yeah, I don't know if you told me that, but you told me it was going to be okay, and that yeah, made me Yeah, I did say good. that, because <laughs> I, I know that fear, man. I remember when like, I had a DUI and 10 days in jail, the possibility, which is the second DUI's mandatory sentencing in Colorado is 10 days in jail. Um, or, and I actually like remember that that was terrifying and my judges gave me a shot they literally listen here's me mandatory sentencing for you alexander nope we'll wipe that off and like so i got all these chances is what i'm saying great chances and the I judges the I judge went. thought you were handsome the well she did uh, she was hey maybe she was douglas county i think she just saw that my mom and my attorney loved me so much that she's like maybe this guy has some sort of you know yeah some, in the things i 
Oh my god, I just started well, thinking they, Even this. judges have compassion. No, but, the uh, deceptions I pulled over that judge is what I was right. just thinking. I'm like, want to vomit over the stuff I did then. But I'm grateful. And to bring it back to like monsters under the bed, right? So like 10 days in jail, another great one. Like, like that was a monster under the bed for me. I was in rehab and I was terrified to get out of this 30-day place and maybe go 10 days in jail. What a, I'm sorry, what a wuss. I am, what a, get some courage, Alexander, to me. I'm saying this, like, I was so afraid in those places, and it's okay. Nothing wrong with it. But now, if I was with me, you know what I would tell me. I'm like, you can do this, man. It's not yes. going to be hard. You get yes. honest, you face it. It ends quicker than you face think. Face it directly, right? It's ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Like, That's and then sitting in that fire, like we were talking about sitting in that emotional, so to speak, fire, whatever that horrid emotion is, you can sit there and you don't have to add gasoline to the fire. But let the fire burn. I'm, I'm learning, like I open my eyes and open your heart center. It sounds funny, but just learning to breathe into stuff, right? Like expanding your breath when you feel like the need to constrict. And that is such a, because it starts, I know in the nervous system, I don't want to get involved, but when you start exhaling slower than your inhale you start reprogramming your mind so what it does is the parasympathetic nervous system starts to take over when you do that so breathing that's why it's so helpful like <gasps> and see the longer exhale it starts pulling it into a focus and you can do the breath however you want sometimes rapid slow but it's cool because you start to see how that helps your stress but right the frequency and then the pitch of or like how hard you inhale how so big like the inhale so one of the things i'm noticing is right here i'm pointing at if on my computer screen right it's my it's right above the solar plexus in the spot where you get knocked in the stomach knocks the yeah. hair out of you there's a spot right there these two fingers and if you learn when you breathe, like there's, it needs to open. And most people are so short, it's all pinched. The nerve is pinched. And when you learn the muscle there that actually forces that constricted spot open. And running, that's why running so good. It gives you actual motor control over it. But that learning to do the breath work to focus on it will help you. And I wanted to show people my chest, um, just not to get off topic, but like oh, yeah, he's talking story. about this. If called? you can... It's called pectus excavatum, and so that's when your chest goes inward. Yeah. Um, and so when he said that to me, like he was pointing out this point, right to that I was spot. like, "Holy crap, dude! That's where that's exactly my chest spot. goes in." Yeah. So that's the thing, like expanding it. So when you breathe in, when you're in the stress and the fear, like that's why. Try just try to expand your breath right now as hard as you can outward imagine the breath going up to the top of your head. So out and up, just expand it. And I want you to hold your breath. So go like exhale as hard as you can. Okay. Now inhale hard and tight. So now you hold that, hold it. So right and hold the chest open, hold that whole area open. You're going to feel that's where like the body starts sending energy back up to the brain. It's so cool. You feel a burning feeling there, a warmth in that spot. And everyone's is a little different and how you find it. It's so relevant, like to find this spot in your body. Like this is why body awareness is so important and meditation helps. But, you know, learning that I could breathe through anything. That's what I'm saying. Like 
I was doing that breath weird as fuck. Yeah, it's weird if you don't know what you're doing, but it's not weird when you start seeing the results. It's not a pass out game. It's none yeah. of those. Don't let these people understand or misinterpret or who cares what they interpret. Don't let them diminish your journey. What I mean is I had to do that kooky ass Kriya yoga in the middle of the prison yard and it was embarrassing and it was scary and everything said, no, don't do it around. Okay. But you have to get a little courage somewhere. It might just be like. And yeah, I mean, dude, people want to talk about results and what they want to see results. So when I think of some really courageous people, I think of like Navy SEALs in combat and what they the breath work that they teach or they do is it fucking works and like it fear talk about fear you're in a combat situation you're you were about to go into battle or something but they have to find a way to calm down and not let fear overtake them so boom here we are it's it's breathing exercises it fucking works well the breathing the breathing the expanding it's not made up like your chest your body your muscles have started supporting fear i'm telling you you've lived people lived in the hunched over bad posture can't even walk a mile because they're so afraid well, it's I'm in their bones it's the fear gets so deep it's in your freaking bones so it's, I, yeah, the blood it's blood, everywhere it, it does resonate through all of you and after years it takes that's why like a practice like look at all the energy i put into my addiction like that amount of energy to support my habit and what was i doing not yeah i was i like to be feel good and get high but what was i really doing this i was treating my own pain so this is what i'm saying that energy to treat my own pain to break rules to do all those things i have that very same energy to get better and to do it and i did and it was so cool to see that my weaknesses were my strengths. The fucking A. I like holy Dude, shit. Yeah, that's amazing too, because when I was heavily in addiction, I was running from my shadow. I was I was afraid of my own shadow. Dude, like a dog or whatever. <laughs> like barking at your own shadow. That was know. me. I was afraid. Yeah. I um I understand that hyper so that's the substance thing. I want to touch on that. When you're changing your life and when you're changing what you eat, what you sup, sup, what you what you swallow, what are you pills you're taking, what drugs, what food, what whatever, what ideas you're swallowing that you're believing is what I'm saying. What are you taking into you? Believe, food, whatever. Everything's saying something to yourself. So learning this was so cool. But substances have detox symptoms. As much magic as I want to just breathe the shit out of me, no, you do have withdrawals. Your body is responding because you told it to do this other thing for so fucking long that you're switching and there's a re, you know there's a re rebound time and anxiety. So if you're quitting a benzo or an alcohol or an opioid or any substance you've had a crutch on, which is every substance you're addicted to, you're going to have some sort of withdrawal effect where you crave it. And this does it could and you have to be aware that your body does this in those those feelings as powerful as they are when you start walking through them and doing something different. So when you have that strong ass feeling to I'm so stressed, I'm so panicky, I want to do that. I'm just going to go take a little bit more of this drug, my opioids. I'm just going to for me, I'm just going to do a little more fentanyl, which I was so tolerant to drugs. It didn't matter at that point. But when I started having the courage to get better, when I had the option to use, this is where it gets tricky. So when 
I when I took the choice of a higher road where I'm like, no, I could do the substance. I could take this money I've had and all the things that used to limit me from getting the drug. When I had all those things in order and I chose to not do it, when I chose my psyche, it's like, yeah, let's go this other route. All of that fear turned into powers. It was so much simpler. It seemed huge and it was, but that one step was what was everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like You're it was- saying like pausing, right? Was that what you mean? Because uh, my mind got off track. Okay. Um, no, I was talking about the... Um, See, when people with addiction and um, detoxing and um, learning to focus on noticing, really, like, I guess, noticing, yeah, the detox symptoms that there's going to be times where your body is deceptively lying to you that it's not, it's trying to reinforce old patterns and ideas. Yeah, And so when you're quitting a substance, you have to be aware of this. You have to pay attention. Right. I feel it's like a similar impulse when um, like I'm really hungry and I haven't eaten for a long time and your body sends you that same message. Well, yeah. Think about how angry you get at a person when you're hungry, right? And you want your food and someone says something small or whatever. And but you're angry because you're hungry and you have all this discomfort in you. You're not even mad yeah. at the person. So, yeah, being aware that your body has its pro- – everything has its own time. Your The conscious mind, the body has its – like opioid withdrawals for me were always – three had an exact time frame. I went through opioid detox over 55 times completely. And I mean like the things you see on the movies, the vomiting, the shitting, the not sleeping, all of that. But my body, I learned, always had to do its thing. Like there was no way it had its own vibrational response. So you have to give yourself time um, when you start making changes. Like everything has its own time and to be patient with it because your body won't always agree with where your mind's at. It usually doesn't. But um, yeah. but yeah, so I was just talking more about being aware of those things that when you have monsters under the bed, that substances or coming off of those things will lie to you and make those other situations look a lot bigger. So it looked like not just a little girl under the bed batting my feet, but a burglar with a gun shooting, you know, whatever. I'm just saying right. just to be aware of those things. And, and yeah, it's frustration, right? That fucking feeling today for me, I am just, I already went running, dude. Yeah. And I, I still have, well, you, you were, you work through it. So, I mean, yeah, it's not that, bad either. So yeah. that's the other thing. Feelings aren't good, bad. Now, you might not like certain ones, but labeling them morally bad or judging your feelings is one of the worst things you can do to get out of those feelings. So I, I'll, I'm going to end it with that for me. Um, okay. Do you have anything else sharing the chat? Uh, not in particular. I just want to let everybody know um, to support us, please, so we can grow this podcast. Uh, give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple, any of the other protocols and definitely check out our whatsapp group that we're uh got over 22 members and growing so i'm going to put the link in the description where we talk about this stuff in a lovingly way how we can work through it and we can talk it's so much cooler to be able to have a conversation about this stuff where i feel like i'm talking to everyone all at once like we're a community a tribe and i anyway we are talking that way that's the whole point is a Mm two-way conversation yeah um, a very dynamic 
type yeah. of thing with everyone because we're all our own inner guru and i love that we so, are all right i um yeah thanks for listening definitely join the chat man there are lots of people are in there and lots of good people and we're about to jump on it now actually yeah. so, right. thanks care. peace